Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. What's going on, everybody? Happy Friday. Sharp Lessons time. It's Picks Friday. We got the professor, Nate Jacobson. I'm Ben Wittenstein. As always, give us a follow on Twitter at Stadium Bets. We'll be posting our best bets video uh, by early this afternoon so you can see all of our best bets that we have. And we have not only our best bets, we have just the normal bets that we're going to make that we're not making our best bets. We have brunch time winners, attractive underdogs. We have everything for you this weekend, as we always do, Nate on Sharp Lessons. Yeah, we want to start off the show with what happened last night in Philadelphia, because if you were on either side or total, there was plenty of drama and and quite the sweat that we saw between the Buccaneers and Eagles. Yeah, and it was uh, the Eagles going for two at the uh, at the la- their last touchdown that they scored, the last points that were scored in the game to uh, help cover that six and a half, that seven that a lot of people had on the game. Um, and there was a point, too, in the game, Nate, where... I mean, you could explain it better than me, but there was a point where both teams, if you're rooting for one scenario, you were kind of rooting for the opposite team in that one. Yeah, definitely. So at the end of the game, or the last drive for the Bucks, when they're trying to ice the game, they get dangerously close to being close enough to score and at least get a field goal to cover the spread and push the game over the total. And there was a crucial play on second 11 from the Eagles 19 with the Eagles having two timeouts in their pockets where Brady hit Cameron Brait for 10 yards on a second and 11, which was the perfect amount of yards if you're an Eagles fan because it was close enough to not or far enough to not get the first down, but close enough for the uh, Bucks to convert an easy third down of a Brady quarterback sneak. Because of that, the Eagles had to use their last two timeouts. Two-minute warning hit. Bucks have a fresh set of downs from the Eagles six. They're able to kneel, win by six. Game stays under the total. So there was a lot of drama there in those yeah. final sequences. Even after the Eagles rallied from 28 to seven, got the two-point conversion to cut it to six, which I know a lot of people still don't really understand when a team's down 14 and they score a touchdown. But the Eagles made the right decision there, and I think that's kind of the important of. Uh, Price, price shopping or making sure to get the best number because six is a number that's popping up more in the NFL because teams are starting to realize that's the optimal strategy. But, yeah, that end sweat if you had Eagles. I know I had some friends texting about the Eagles plus seven or plus six and a half, and I mentioned that that Brady to break play for 10 yards to set up the third and one, which if break gets the first down there, then the Eagles have enough time to stop the clock and probably mm-hmm. force the Bucks to kick a field goal, or maybe the Bucks score a touchdown. It doesn't happen. We end with Neils and an Eagles cover. So quite yeah. the drama to start the week. Uh, maybe they'll have a lot more spread drama this week, and we'll review all the crazy sweats on a Monday show. Yeah, that's that's why I teased them. That's why I teased the Bucks down to, to minus a half. It, it, I, I don't want to say because, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty and everything, so I'm not going to say, oh, that, that spread seemed too high to me at the time, but – 
it, it definitely was one of those things where you're thinking, well, the spread's not moving a ton all week. In fact, it's moving in favor of the Eagles. So it seems like a lot of people are pretty confident the Eagles can cover something like this. And it turns out they were right. And that six and a half number was so on target. It was. But at the same time, when it was 28 to seven, it looked like the Bucks may have run yes. them out the field. So, you know, that's just kind of, you know, everything's built in the possibilities of a, a late cover. And it seems like the Eagles are kind of good at getting those garbage time touchdowns. And Jalen Hurts, not a good reality quarterback, but a pretty good fantasy quarterback if you own him. Yeah. Like I do in one league where he throws like 115 yards, but somehow he has 27 fantasy points because he's able to scramble. And those late touchdowns definitely add up. Yeah, he's he's uh, not fun to watch sometimes, but if you have him on the team, you appreciate his effort week in and week out. All right, let's do a quick weather report before we get to our picks uh, because, Nate, as we get deeper into October, start getting into November, these weather reports are going to become more important. It's going to get colder, going to get windier, maybe some snow later on in late November, early December. So what games should we be looking at weather-wise that we may see the weather affecting the total and even maybe the spread a little bit. Yeah, Ben, as we shift into mid-October, we definitely have some weather to be concerned. You know, coming from a Big Ten school and Indiana University, Big Ten weather starts off sometimes in in October, and and we have a little bit of mid-October weather. Specifically, even Indiana University hosting Michigan State, looking at that weather, weather in the 50s for an early noon start in Bloomington. And just looking around the Midwest, a lot of games, 40s, 50s, so cool. The wind, not too much, but just something to keep in mind. We're not going to see some of the, the balmier days that we had earlier in the college football season when there were some actually pretty hot Saturdays. So not sure yeah. if that changes anything in terms of side and total with just cold weather or cooler weather. Maybe it actually helps teams because they won't get as tired. But I can see some maybe low-scoring games when the weather gets cold and then the big weather thing. And I think it's at this point kind of well-known what's going on in Cleveland this Sunday when they host a dome team, a team from the desert in Arizona weather in Cleveland, a little bit warmer than expected. And the rain doesn't look like it's going to happen, but you know, that's unpredictable, especially off Lake Erie, but looks like 20 mile per hour winds with gusts even higher. And when you have a team, like I said, from Arizona, plays in a dome, Kyler Murray maybe battling a little bit of a shoulder injury. I can see the Browns having a big advantage in this game, just the way the matchup sets up with their run offense against the Cardinals' run defense. So we'll talk about that game later in the show, but I like the Browns this week, and the weather and the wind has a lot to do with it. Yeah, I think that when you look at something like that in in Cleveland and this is kind of going to be one of the first bigger games that we see where weather may have a pretty big impact on it, too. So we'll see if, like, the market responded correctly to something like that or if uh, if it didn't. Yeah, and I think it did respond quickly, at least in terms of total. It was as high as 53.5. Now we're looking at 49 for that game. So that weather definitely has been impacted with the total. And a little bit on the side, because I think the Browns, people know that's a better matchup for them and that the minus two and a half we saw earlier this week was too short of a number. All right, so let's get to our picks. We have a ton of picks. I think we are a little more confident this week than we were last week. We're a little more cautious with some of our picks. But this week I'm feeling good about it, feeling good about college football. I have a, I have a best bet in the NFL. You have a couple NFL best bets. So let's go right to college football first, and I am going to uh, hit a team that I have not bet this season, 
but I have been watching from afar, and they seem like a team that's good enough to cover a pretty high spread that is 15.5. But it's UAB against uh, Southern Mississippi, and they are going to be on the road. So I think you're you're getting a little help here because they are on the road. But Southern Miss is, frankly, Nate, not a good team. They they are bad. They have not covered their last four games in a row. The last time they covered was first week that they played this season. They have not covered since. UAB is good at scoring the football. Southern Miss has a bad defense. I quite frankly think this line is a little bit too low. I think it should be probably above 17. And right now you can get it at 15 and a half. That's what I hit it at. So I'm going to make UAB minus 15 and a half my best bet. I think they're a, they're a team who ha- didn't cover against Liberty. They were a favorite against Liberty, a three-point favorite. I think that was kind of a bad line. Looking back at it, Liberty probably should have been the favorite in that game. Uh, but other than that, they have looked pretty good this season. They're a high-scoring team. They have a solid defense. Southern Miss can't really score. They haven't scored more than 19 points since week one. So I, I think UAB can cover this up to 17. Um that line hasn't been moving too much, so we'll, we'll see if the market kind of agrees with me by Saturday. But UAB minus 15.5, best bet for me. All right, I'll start off with my best bet. My one college best bet, and it's a side, and it's a favorite. And it's a side that's got betting down, uh, even as early as this morning. Right when we recorded the show, we saw a line move, and I guess I'll take it at the current price. But the Texas Longhorns minus 3.5 against Oklahoma State. I think we've talked about this game a little bit on Wednesday, how I've been looking to fade Oklahoma State all season, barely beating Missouri State and Tulsa in the first two weeks of the year, just getting by a Boise State and Baylor team that I also think is overvalued, and then it be Kansas State with a backup quarterback. Oklahoma State is off a bye, and Texas had that really heartbreaking loss to Oklahoma last week, but I think that's all built into the number, and there's too much of an overreaction now. Texas still has a lot to play for this year. If they win out, they'll have a great shot at playing Oklahoma in the Big 12 title game. So I don't think like Texas losing to Oklahoma means by their season is over by any means. It's a great spot, I think, to fade Oklahoma State against a team in Texas with more talent. We saw Mike Gundy earlier this week, as you mentioned, Ben, being concerned about Oklahoma State not being able to keep up with Texas, wanting to slow the game down and make it ugly. And I think that was a sign that he doesn't think he has the team, at least the athletes, to keep up with a a Texas offense led by K.C. Thompson and running back Bijan Robinson. So really like Texas here. Maybe I'll wait a little bit more. I haven't actually bet this game because I've seen the line go from minus five on Thursday to minus four at some point on Thursday afternoon. And as we talk on a Friday morning down to three and a half, so maybe it gets to three, I might wait a little bit and try to uh, see what happens, but I'd be fine taking it at minus four as it was minus four overnight. So Texas minus three and a half is my lone college best bet. Nate, we got a bet tail. I am absolutely going to tail you there. I think Uh, I'm going back and forth between Oklahoma state, Texas kind of balancing each, I'm trying to be really scientific about it, going into the betting lab and looking at all the numbers. But it just seems to me Texas, when it comes down to it all, is the more talented team. They really are the better team. They're playing at home. I don't think this is a really good hangover spot for them. I don't think we're going to see Texas too hungover from their game against Oklahoma. I think they're too good of a team in a moment like this, in a game like this. They know they're going to have to come out and play. Um, And I think Steve Sarkeesian is going to have them ready. And hopefully this line gets down to minus three. Um, I'm going to see if I can grab it at three and a half because I like that number as well. Minus four, two. 
Um, but I, I'm all with you. I think the points that you made, they're just more talented. They'll be able to run Oklahoma State out of the building. Uh, I think their scoring is just going to be a little too much. And I know Oklahoma State has relied on their defense all season long. They have a very good defense, but they haven't played a team like Texas yet. So I, I, I do think Texas has the upper hand here, especially at home. Laying the three and a half, laying the four, give it to me. I'll tail that one for sure. Good to hear. So my other two bets I like the most, at least in, in college football, and I think we'll have some attra- attractive underdogs at the end that I might make a case for and just put on people's radar, but bets I've going to make or have made, and a bet I have made, I bet Alabama minus 17. I also bet first half on Alabama. They're awful loss. But this handicap isn't just like the narrative of Nick Saban off the loss. It's also in the line. I think this is a very reasonable number to back Alabama. Alabama last week at A&M closed minus 19. They lose the game two weeks ago. Mississippi State played A&M, and they closed plus seven. So I think even though Mississippi State pulled off that outright upset, they're on a, off a bye week. I think there's a too much of adjustment that Alabama's only minus 17 in this game. And also not very impressed by Mississippi State. They lost to Memphis about a month ago, and Memphis has lost, I mean, they won last night, but before that they lost three straight games, including one to Temple, who's a who's a terrible team in the AAC. And then Mississippi State, their last home game, they lost to LSU, and that loss looks even worse now than the fact that LSU lost to Auburn, lost to Kentucky, and it looks like the wheels have fallen off in Baton Rouge. So I really like this game. I think Alabama absolutely destroys them. The worry about the best, why I'm not going to make this a best bet, though, is there's always a chance that with Alabama, maybe they put take their foot off the gas, or maybe there's actually something truly wrong with Alabama and it's not fixable in a week. So it's a, it's a strong bet for me, Alabama. Um, definitely would not tell anyone to bet Mississippi State. If you have a lean of Mississippi State, don't do it. It's either Alabama or pass for me, and obviously I already bet Alabama. So that's just on the cusp of best bet, but not my uh, favorite bet and, you know, it's a big number, and that's what's what's keeping me back. But I, I think the spot and this fading Mike Leach, who is good, but when he has to step up in class, not so good. Yeah, I, I may do Alabama first half just because it's tradition. You have to stick <laughs> with what you know. You have to go Alabama first half. They didn't cover last week, and I'm happy I did not hit that number. But I think it's like 11 for this game, 10, 10 and a half, 11, which is high. It's high for a first half, but I would expect Bama to come out Guns are blazing in this first half, I would imagine. Yeah, whenever there's a first half line, always shop around, use as many books as you can, because I saw as low as 8.5 and and I saw as high as 11. And when you're talking about first half, small sample, 30 minutes, every point counts when it comes to first half betting. All right, Nate, I have one more best bet, and uh, I got this at 9.5, and and I'm going to take San Diego State minus 10 over San Jose State. And that game is Friday night. Um, so this is tonight as of our recording. I have, I have been impressed with San Diego State. I think they are a really good football team and I'm looking at the opposite of San Jose State and they are a really bad football team, Nate. They are uh, one in five against the spread this season. Um, they are, this is a home game for them and they have been better at home. So I think this is why you're getting a decent price for a ranked and a good San Diego State team. 
Um, but San Diego State, in terms of covering, they have covered two double-digit spreads this season. Their last two games were double-digit spreads. They covered them both. Um, the only time they haven't covered a double-digit spread was week one against New Mexico State, where they were a 31-and-a-half-point favorite, and they only won by 28. So in terms of double-digit spreads, they're, they're usually pretty solid on it. Um, the only thing is, and we don't know because they haven't announced, but Nick Starkle, who is San Jose's quarterback, is questionable. And if he's their starter and he comes back, maybe that's kind of built into the line movement here a little bit. But he's still questionable. They haven't announced if he's going to come back or not. So I would keep an eye on that um, if you're a little worried about betting this game. But the San Jose offense is terrible. The San, Ho- San Diego State defense is really good. I'm gonna I'm being shocked if San Jose State's able to score a lot on San Diego State. So. I'm going to take them as a 10-point favorite. I took a 9.5 because I think this is a double-digit win for the Aztecs, um, and I like it at minus 10. I don't think I would go a little – I wouldn't go higher than 10, but if you can get it at 10, even maybe buy that hook down to 9.5, I think that's a good move. So that's going to be my best bet for college. In my last college look, TCU plus 13.5, kind of waiting on this one because the TCU quarterback Max Duggan and running back Zach Evans are questionable right now. And the line has moved up a little bit for Oklahoma, kind of waiting to see if there's a plus 14. But at the same time, if they're ruled in, this line might drop a little bit. But I, I want to fade Oklahoma off that win against Texas, not because it's like a hangover or letdown spot, but more that Oklahoma, they needed that huge comeback against Clemson or uh, Texas, pardon me. But before that game and four op- games against FBS opponents, they failed to cover the spread. And on a few of them weren't even close to covering the spread, specifically against Nebraska, and West Virginia at home. Lincoln Riley has a name to starting quarterback. I'd assume both guys maybe play, but Caleb Williams gets more, most of the work. And Williams came in last week for, kind of thrown in off the bench while they were trailing, asked to play aggressive. Now I think it's a different situation when he has to game plan and prepare to start a game and kind of added pressure than being asked just like, hey, man, just wing it down the field, and if you – get intercepted it's all right we're already in a 18 point hole so i think tcu with gary patterson who i always like is an underdog can keep this close but i will need duggan and evans to be ruled in because if not then i don't know if tcu has enough to keep up with oklahoma's potentially new uh star quarterback all right i got two more they're not best bets though nate they're just bets i'm looking or i'm going to make that aren't best bets nevada hawaii over 60 and a half I think that's moved to 61 at some places. I like it no more than 61. Um, I, I think Nevada can get most of this by itself. Um, I said in that article on WatchStadium.com that's going to come out with our bets. I think they can score 45 to 50 points on Hawaii. I mean, they, they have that good of an offense, and Hawaii's defense is just that bad. Um, and I know these teams in the past have played close before, but Hawaii just is not a good team this year. Um, and I think Nevada can put up most of those points by itself. Hawaii... I'm not impressed with Nevada's defense and Hawaii scoring two touchdowns and and maybe even a field goal is not out of the question. So they'll contribute a little bit to that total. So I like this game to go over 60 and a half over 61 and Minnesota plus four and a half at home against Nebraska. I think that line probably is around four now at this point, Nate, but I like the Gophers at home. Um, Maybe sprinkle a little bit on that money line too. Um, but I like them four and a half. I like them to cover. I haven't been impressed with Nebraska. I know they're coming off a loss that they probably could have beaten Michigan in. But Minnesota at home, I continue to think they're underrated throughout this season. And I know they lost to Bowling Green. And I know their offense can be a mess. But I'm going to take Minnesota and the points at home. Um, and that's the final of my uh, college football bets. 
honestly, uh, you gave a, a wide array of, of college bets. I know one of the games on Stadium Conference USA and then yeah. two Mountain West bets. I'm honestly not going to watch a second of those. Oh, maybe I'll watch the UAB game on Stadium, but I will not be tuning into those Mountain West games. Uh, even tonight, I probably uh, relax on a Friday night with all the football coming up. So uh, best of luck to you with those, and I'll uh, be scoreboard watching. All right, let's go to some of our NFL picks. I only have one, and it's my best bet, and it is in the uh, Chargers game. The Chargers-Ravens over 51, Nate. Um, I don't trust either defense. I don't trust the Chargers defense. They Their run game or their run defense looked just horrid against the Cleveland Browns last week. Ravens defense, I don't trust the secondary. I, I just don't think they are that good to stop an offense as good as the Chargers on a consistent basis. I don't know who wins this game, and I know that line is now down to two and a half in favor of the Ravens. Um, and I don't think the Chargers are really going to move too much closer, considering you know it's a cross country game at, at a noon start. But I do like the over. I love Justin Herbert. I love Lamar Jackson. Both those guys know how to score. I think we can see like a 30-24 game, something like that. 31-24, 30-27, a game in that area um, where the over can hit pretty easily. So I'm going to take Chargers-Ravens over 51 as my best bet and only NFL bet this week. The over makes sense to me. At three, plus three, I like the Chargers. I know in some contests I'm in, they're still plus three, so they're most likely going to be one of my contest picks, but let's go into my favorite NFL bets and wasn't sure actually if I was going to be able to give out a best bet on today's show for the NFL because the lines have moved around. Yeah. And let's start about the best bet I gave out on Wednesday. I gave it out Patriots plus four. That's what I bet it at. Soon after we recorded the podcast, it moved across the board to at least every respectable book, uh, three and a half. And it had nothing to do with our influence. Trust me on that. It was literally after you stopped recording and I, I checked it out and it saw it was Patriots <laughs> plus three and a half. I'm like, well, don't want to be giving out numbers that aren't available. But now that it's still three and a half, I will give out Patriots plus three and a half. We'll grade that as the best bet for show purposes. And if you want to my breakdown of that game, you can go back to Wednesday's show. But basically, I just think this line is, is too much. And based on recent Cowboys spreads at home, and the fact that the Patriots are better than the teams like the Eagles, and I, I think the Panthers are better than, and then definitely the, the New York Giants. Now that we're in Foxborough and getting Dallas outside of AT&T Stadium, I think their offense might struggle just a little bit or at least not be as explosive as it was uh, when they had, were winning and covering easily at home. So like the Patriots had an inflated number. Uh, three and a half is probably the last number I played up to just because plus three is so important. And then a game I talked about on Wednesday for a little bit, Browns. I don't know if they were two and a half or minus three in that game, but now they're back to minus three after being three and a half on uh, yesterday when I moved to three and a half because of some COVID news with the Cardinals. And there's still like the Browns here at minus three. Make sure to get minus three. The Cardinals lucky to win last week. Browns will be able to run the ball. Mentioned in the weather report, there's wind in Cleveland. Arizona's a dome team from the desert. And the Browns injury report, which looked maybe like it was going to be an issue this week, especially in the defensive backfield, all those guys are practicing now. And now Kyler Murray has popped up on the injury report, so maybe that limits him from wanting to run and get maybe risk getting hurt. 
Uh, the under makes sense in this game. I think the Cardinals team total under makes sense to get in this game, even though the Cardinals are an explosive offense on paper and statistically they've scored a lot of points. I think it's a different story taking them in an outdoor game in October in Cleveland with that win. So really like the Browns here. And as I mentioned, that Browns running game should have a, a lot of success against a Cardinals defense who will most likely be without Chandler Jones because he's one of the guys who is on the COVID list. Yeah, I, I like that pick a lot. Um, I, I'm I'm not going to tail you for a best bet, but I might just tail you in betting that game, especially now that it's just three. And then finally, it's moved a little bit, and it opened as a flip of favorite. It opened Vikings plus one and a half. I was definitely going to tease the Vikings, and now the Vikings are a two-and-a-half-point favorite. So I'm not going to recommend a bet there, but I did bet the Vikings at a cheap money line earlier this week. So if the Vikings maybe like minus 125, hopefully like minus 120 comes back, I would bet the Vikings against the Panthers. Pretty much purely a fade of Sam Darnold. Um, I think the Cardinals or the Panthers, pardon me, are living off that reputation as a as a three and O team that started the year, but playing not very good opponents, especially the Jets and Texans and the Vikings defense has played better as of late, and I think the Vikings offense, who struggled the last few weeks, still have the talent to get going with Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. Kirk Cousins is playing well against a Carolina defense that's hurt and just not as good as some of the statistics from earlier in the year um, say they are. Let's do attractive underdogs. And we hit on some of them, but we have a, a good list of attractive underdogs and after-dark bets that we want to get to. Missouri, Purdue, IU, and the Chargers. So Missouri, an interesting game against Texas A&M. Um, and you put them on the list, so what, what makes them attractive for you? Yeah, let's bunch up Missouri and Purdue in the same bucket because we talked about it in the hangover of the week. And it was basically a fade off Texas A&M and fading Iowa coming off storm the field, rush the field type wins, and the fans actually did rush the field uh, last week with A&M beating Alabama and Iowa beating Penn State. A&M now has to travel to Mizzou. The problem is Mizzou's run defense is horrible. I think I can confidently say they're the worst defense, or at least run defense in Power 5. And that line is maybe a little bit deflated knowing the situation for Texas A&M. And then Purdue playing at Iowa. So... You know, it's Iowa gets to stay at home. Purdue's off a bye. Uh, Purdue, not a very good team this year. We'll see what happens with this line. I'm going to wait out and see. But right now, I believe it was Iowa minus 11 and a half, which maybe doesn't seem high enough. But Iowa also relies so much on turnovers and the, it's a low total. So let's see where that line is tomorrow because I've heard some, read some stuff. There's issues with Purdue. So. Those are two underdogs who probably wouldn't play on the money line, but at least take against the spread. Indiana, interesting underdog, it seems like, against Michigan State. I uh, yeah. The thing is, Nate, with Indiana at home as an underdog against a ranked team, usually in years past I'd say absolutely. I think you have to hit them every time just because they, they are so good at upsetting teams at home. Um, and I would still probably lean towards an Indiana money line play here, if anything, just because they still have a good enough team and a good enough head coach that they can pull off these type of wins. It's going to be homecoming at IU, too. So the, the crowd and the energy around the stadium is going to be pretty high, pretty electric for this IU team. So I could 
I can see them. This is kind of the game that saves their season in a way from being an utter disappointment where they, they beat a top 10 team at home during homecoming as an underdog. Um, if you're thinking about hitting any underdogs in college, that's not a super long underdog. I think IU would be a relatively smart move. And I know Penix is hurt and they're starting their backup Jack Tuttle. But Nate, I'll be honest, I think Tuttle is a better quarterback right now than Penix. So I know if, if you're reading stuff about IU and they're starting a backup quarterback, he really should be the starter this year. So I, you're not going to lose much with him. Right. That's that's good insight, Ben, because, you know, you when a t- college team loses a quarterback, sometimes it could be a massive drop off between starter and backup. But Tuttle does have experience. My issue is if Indiana does get down in the game, maybe Tuttle, the more of the game manager type, struggles a little bit. But I just think Michigan State is playing above their heads. They've overachieved so much. Like They're the 10th-ranked team in the country, but there's probably 20 or 25 teams that'd be favored against them on a neutral field. Indiana had high expectations before the season as a team that win total was 75 I, it's hard to maybe make the case for Indiana because they haven't played well. Michigan State's offense has actually looked pretty good, but I think the way to go in this game would have to be the under, just thinking that Indiana's defense can maybe solve some of the uh, the explosiveness that Michigan State had against Rutgers because Indiana is a better team than Rutgers. So don't really love it, but I think Indiana is at least worth a, a shot maybe even to throw in a money line parlay if you like a few underdogs on Saturday. And they're coming off a bye, too. So that right. that in and of itself, a bye as they're going to try to work in a, a newish quarterback as a starter, you, you get them at, the, at a good number, I think. Um, Chargers, and we talked about them. Yeah. Attractive underdog. They seem like they could, they could pull out a win in, in Baltimore. Yeah, I feel like, you know, you mentioned it's a cross-country trip for the Chargers, but the Ravens needed every – ounce of energy against the Colts on Monday night. It was a Ravens team that's already traveled a lot. They've had three road games, including uh, one in the Pacific time zone and one in the Mountain time zone in Vegas and Denver. I think maybe the Chargers are, are fully engaged in this game and want to prove, make a statement. And It's a lot different backing this Chargers team when Brandon Staley is the head coach as opposed to Anthony yeah. Lynn because you know you're going to get optimal game management and, and decision making. So I think the Chargers, at, at if they get back to plus three, maybe a bet for me as long as there's the reason why isn't a key injury or something. Uh, but they certainly make a lot of sense this week, and I'll use them in contests. All right, to finish things up, the brunch time winner. Do you have any in stone for this weekend, or are you still looking at some stuff? Still looking at some stuff. We'll definitely tweet it out. Uh, Packers-Bears caught my eye just because that totals dropped from 46 to 44. I can see a slow starting game in Chicago where the first quarter stays under seven and a half. Another one to keep an eye on, Rams-Giants, especially if Mike Glennon is starts because Daniel Jones can't go. Uh, that's another one I'll consider. So kind of two uh, potential options this week. We'll do what I did last week where I tweet out, from the uh, my account at Nate Jacobson one using like the podcast uh, tweet and and quote tweet it and if I play something Sunday I will uh, let you guys know if not if I don't tweet anything that means I have nothing but I'm hoping this week there's something because there's two I have circled and last week there really wasn't many good options. I love it. So that'll do it for us uh, going through the best bets once again one more time. I have UA in college football, UAB minus 15 and a half, Texas minus three and a half, San Diego State minus 10, 
And you also have Texas minus three and a half for college football in the NFL. I'm Chargers Ravens over 51. You have Patriots plus three and a half and the Browns minus three and a half. So those are our best bets. We're going to do a full video that you can watch at Stadium Bets of our best bets again for the weekend just to have that for you uh, for reference. Uh, we'll have our articles out at WatchStadium.com. And we will be back on Monday to preview Monday Night Football and uh, recap, hopefully, Nate, an exciting and uh, profitable weekend. 